new builds are stopping into the real estate offices oh and they're bringing flyers once again. What? And really? I, there might have even been a, oh my gosh, look at that, a commission bonus. What? Uh, oh yeah. Look at this. Four I'll, percent. I'll cover the name of the builder. <laughs> you guys see that? I don't know if I'm covering that yeah. very well. See that? Uh, yes. Four percent. Opening it up. What's going on? You know what's what when it's really going down is when Lennar starts paying agents again. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. As I was wondering, I, I could tell Lennar with their logo, but that's the litmus <laughs> test. Is Lennar paying a co-broke to buyer's agent? Well, and are they going to start bringing sales associates back in their model homes, right? Remember Ooh, that they even got rid yes. of all the ding model it's like sales associates. Appointments only. I kind of like that they're self-touring. Yeah, it is cool. Mm -hmm. that, that, that technology has definitely been really, really cool to, that they brought about. Yeah. You could cool. just meet all your clients there. Yeah, oh. You sit in the model all day long and hey, <laughs> hey, it's like an open house, hey, right? To you totally could do that, dude. It's very that'd, passive. That'd be very passive, but yes, you could get, get all official, wear your badge. Nobody really like looks like yeah. it all small, like, like with hey. your broker. <laughs> Let me show you this other new build over here. <laughs> Follow me. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually I, I work for the subdivision, not the builder. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. Funny. So what's up is. Uh, is Wall Street going to cause the 2022 housing market to crash? Will these institutional buyers ruin us all? Ugh. I know oh, you got a lot of uh, really you, interesting. You do the, uh, the <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you have a lot of interesting metrics on that. Like, well, not metrics, uh, statistics. Data, right? Data, actual. So we all know that the housing market is cooling. And Very much so. More inventory on the market. Not for Keith over there. He's like, he's banging out deals right now. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm reading a, an article real quick that says contrary to what we're thinking right now. All right. All right. Yes. So, all right. So we all know inventory is rising a little bit. Is Wall Street, are the institutional buyers partly to blame? Have they stopped buying? Have they slowed down their buying? Well, what's interesting to me is if you look at the data, last year, institutional buyers. So investors is much larger. I think the investor share of purchases yeah. was around 30%. But institutional buyers share was 13%, according to NAR's recent research. So if they are pausing, and that's national in and aggregate. That, but, but that's, I mean, is that all properties? Because they only buy up to like 500,000. So if it's 14% or 14, 15% of well, let's let that was what I was going to say. Let's slice that up for a second slice because yeah, what what Kayla just said is so powerful, right? When you look at the macro of it all, you're like, oh wow, that's a crazy percent. But when you go down to the sector and you actually put in the filters around it all, like what they'll buy, single family, right? Like even if we go, <clears throat> excuse me, take a step back further and really an investor, a non-owner occupied purchase, right? So in that circumstance, obviously that's a huge sector. But then you're also looking at does, is it a single family home? Is it a condo, right? Which I know some investors will obviously buy condo. It's about cash flow in those circumstances or they'll buy, you know, multi-units, et cetera. But when we look at that market share as a whole, then we really get into the institutions, which they have very set heavy filters slash parameters or a buy box as they like to refer so to it's it. It's probably as. more like 30, 40% <laughs> in, those those, exactly. in those sectors. In those sectors. Yeah. Yeah. So it's insane. So what are institutional buyers doing? Well, we do have the behind the scenes scoop on that. At Zudelia, we do work with um, 
over a dozen public and private funds. So Keith is probably best able to answer what is happening. What is going on, Keith? What are these institutional buyers doing? Well, we definitely saw some dramatic uh, changes and stuff happen in the last 30 days where <clears throat> some of them just straight up cold stopped for weeks yeah. to figure out yep. what do we anticipate? Probably maybe going back and renegotiating their funds. Mm. You know, what does that That's look like? Point. And then, um, I mean, they all took their own turns, you know, in their own way. Some of them modified their buy boxes. Some of them didn't. However, I think unanimously, 100% across the board, what did happen between all of them is, let's just say four months ago, five months ago, they would have been like, yeah, we'll pay $500,000 for this house. And maybe literally 425 today. That's that, you know. It's and, been a dramatic and, shift. And, and the main reason is, is because they're taking precaution on the market. That way, if the housing, um, the prices do go down and maybe, you know, when they're trying to rent this, hey, rent, rents just went down two, $300. They have to factor that in their net yield to compensate if, you know, they do, we do see a, a downtick in the market. They're just not buying as aggressive and, and they're okay with it, right? Until the, until the smoke whether clears. that's 90 days, until the smoke one clears. year, you know? So it's, uh, you I know, bet you it's going to be about three to four months. That's my, that's my guess. I hope so. Yep. This this sm <laughs> this smoke clears, Jay. I know you are you're always looking at the economy it's as all, a whole. It's all about the what inflation. It, yeah. I think um, as soon as the inflation numbers start to cool down, yep. uh, we're gonna see them buying again. Yep. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna see the floor. That's that's the smoke clearing, <clears throat> and they're gonna go. Okay, here we are. Um, it doesn't mean that they're gonna be back to five hundred thousand like he's no. saying, but it could be like four thirty five, four fifty. You know, that sort of. Well, cost of capital obviously matters, right? I mean, inventory, if you look at the massive measurement metrics, it's the cost of capital. It's the, um, you know, what's the inventory levels like we were just talking about before, what's available in that particular sector, right? And then not only that, the biggest things that they're always looking at is what major metropolitan are you in? A lot of these guys, they will not go into sub markets because if there's any one industry that's huge in there and that industry happened to, happens to leave, i.e. Tesla leaving Texas or something like that, that's just giving you an example, or excuse me, uh, uh, Tesla leaving California, that can cause a market to, to really hurt. So I don't know, just a little food for thought. But with the inventory, you had um, a really cool graph on your coaching call this past week, mm -hmm. and you have it up on the vibe board. I'm loving the vibe board, by yeah. the way. It's really so fun. So inventory cool. is low. If you look at a- <clears throat> Yes, historically. Yeah. Right. So tell us about that, Kayla. Well, we're still at a critically low inventory point with our housing. If you look at the housing going all the way back to the late 1990s, what you'll see is that on average, there's about, I don't know, two, two and a half million homes on the market through the early 2000s. And then, of course, the great financial crisis hits 2007, mm. July. We hit a peak of 4.4 million homes on the market. Same. So we kind of really peaked. And there's some dips, and then it starts to gradually come down. Uh, we're so hovering. Let's, let's think about that. So, 4.4 there was So My before goodness. before the crash, there was about when when the mar when the market was going gangbusters and all the properties were going up in, in value, right? We were at two and a half million. About. Mm -hmm. We're it at two and a half to, million. So right, it starts to that, go up a little. You'll that see. 2004, 2005, when everything just starts to shoot Insane. up like crazy, yep. like all these new builds and people making hundred thousand dollars in six months. <laughs> um, we were at two, in, in we were at two and a half million homes on the market. It might've been higher at that point. Okay. In the threes. So, and right now we're at. About one and a half. About one and a half. So 
Yeah, we're still if, super low I, inventory. All these, all these people saying that that the market's crashing. It's like it's just because where, houses don't. Where are they getting this? Because yeah, they, they don't <laughs> they they don't sell with ten offers in four hours. I yeah. think they're getting it because it's emotional. Yeah. They feel they they feel it, and what they're thinking is is wow, this feels familiar. It doesn't feel good. We need to get out. Mm-hmm. We need to like mm-hmm. cut our losses or or take our gain. Yeah, which is great for us. I think we just buy as much as we can, right? Yep. <laughs> Well, and when you look at these strategies, I mean, I know we've seen, we've definitely seen a few markets shift when it comes to demand. I mean, there's no question that supply has gone up. There is no question that the demand has gone down. And so you have to price your house correctly. You have to position it by making it, you know, the most freshened up you possibly can to make sure that you're attracting all the buyers. You need to remove any obstacles that you possibly can. I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest ways to still move that property. Yep. They say it's a beauty contest or, yep. or what is the other one? Is it a beauty contest or a pricing war? That's yes, right. that's there it. You go. I like beauty contests. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they party. I love that they that, that price looks a lot more prettier to me. <laughs> yep. 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 So the other thing too, um, what, do, what do you guys think about some of these strategies that are going on? Uh, like case in point, elevating the commissions to try to attract, attract the sales professionals. We obviously it's been a huge buzz. I know it's something we've actually been talking about for probably the better part of a year around being able to negotiate from a seller and give them concessions so that the, the, the buyer can take advantage of it for either price down concessions, uh, closing costs, those types of things. What do you guys think about all these new strategies that people are doing? Is this new? Yeah, that's new. Okay. They just brought that in yeah. a couple of days ago. So four, 4% Cobra now. I remember back in the day, I remember it was like 12%. Oh my gosh. I remember really bad. Dude, we just, we just started now they're, now they're three to four. Well, actually a lot of them were, were paying too, right? Yeah. You know, I think it's from the new builders perspectives. I just wish that they would have, um, just a mindset of longevity foresight, right? Because we still like Lennar, we still need no more commissions for you. Sorry. (laughs) We're making so much money on the market. Oh wait. You Marcus carry no out. value. Market's going down. Here, here's a bunch of commission. Here. Yeah. Yeah, it's such BS. <laughs> well, we all know the real estate agent owns the relationship with the consumer. Yep. And so I think the builders are trying to get those relationships and, and capitalize on them. Yep. And it's smart. And I think some of these strategies, Elliot, like you mentioned, I think they're good. I think that I'm starting to see some really cool creative ways that people yep. are marketing these rate buy downs, et cetera. Yep. And, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense. A $10,000 price reduction isn't going to affect the buyer's payment as much as a $10,000 like rate buy down. Yep. It's, 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 (coughs) the path is always math, right? It's a mathematical equation. And that's the one thing, again, those, uh, those of you that are listening out there, make sure you talk to your lender about that. What would that strategy look like instead of going in on a house that's been on the market for 60 days and you think that you can negotiate the price down, what would it look like to go get negotiate three, 4% concessions by keeping the list price the same, keeping the comp up for the neighborhood, but you're actually giving your buyer the best advantage. In that circumstance, right, let's just say you had a, a price reduction that's gonna, like you said, affect it maybe 50, $75, maybe $100 high by get, doing a price reduction, but if you did a rate buy down, it could literally make the payment go down hundreds of dollars depending on the metric, right? And so again, when you just do the math on that, it's it becomes a very clear, um, choice. I think that sellers are going to have to do both. Yeah. They're going to have, I think to it's going to be both. They're going to be, have, have to be listed at a really good price and they're probably going to have to entertain some seller concessions. Yep. 
Until these institutional buyers start buying again, right? Oh, is it the institutional <coughs> buyers? Well, it, 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 it's they're buying. Cr- it's just uh, not as um, not buying at the prices they were. It, yeah. It's just not as pretty as it was before. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still cost of capital, right? I mean, the biggest buyer pool is the homeowner, right? The, the that's the that's the by far and away the largest pool. And when you have the affordability metric be pushed out, or or people were shopping for a five hundred thousand dollar house, and now they have to change their sites to a four hundred thousand dollar house because of the interest rate changes. That's very deterring for them. A lot of times, oh, we'll just rent another year. Oh, we'll just sign another two-year lease, right? And so I think when you take a lot of those things out, that's the whole point is if we can put, um, make the houses more affordable through a, through a good strategy like you were just talking about, Kayla, I think that that's a, that's a, that's a, 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 a genius move by the agent or the, and the lender. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, we definitely all agree. It just... <clears throat> going to be a, have to be a lot of education in our it industry is. for that to happen. Yes, let's That's talk the struggle. about that. Yes, so I really see a thinning of the herd in the yep. future. Yeah. Totally. Hunting season is out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, let's shift that. So there's, yeah. there's approximately 1.6 active million realtors in America right now. 1.6 mm-hmm. for roughly 6 million transactions a year, uh, which was an all-time high. All-time high and seasonally adjusted projections for this year are 5.12. I know. That's insane. I, you, you, I know you shared that with me yesterday, and that actually caught me by surprise a lot. And it's just, and when you think about that, that's what, uh, 18%, little over 18, uh, 15%-ish, give or take, like a, a shift in transaction count? That's, that's crazy high. It's a lot. It's a massive shift in right. one year. So that's a lot, a lot less. Yes. Go around. Yeah. 15% less transactions. So what do we think is going to happen with the agent um, population, if you will, in that? Like I said, I think we're going to have a thinning <laughs> of the herd. I think it's going to be less a housing crash and more a real estate agent no. crash. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good prediction. Real estate agent yes, crash. There will be a real estate hey, agent crash. And so goodbye. who will survive? Let's, let's talk about the survival of the fittest here. And I think, you know, Jason and I were talking about this the other day and we were kind of coming up with the things that we think it's going to take to be really successful mm. in the coming years. And one of the things I think is, well, this is from like a dealing with people setting expectations. I think that agents have not really had to set expectations because homes fly off the shelf and it's really easy and it's easy to find clients and it's easy to kind of like get them into something and they have to make a decision right now. And so I totally. think that the agent that can like really set good expectations will really do well. I like it. What do you got, Keith? I mean, all of that and on top of <clears throat> truly finding out what the consumer wants, mm-hmm. you know, Versus, you know, we don't have, you won't have a fire sale this weekend and I'm not going to force you to have to go $50,000 above list price because you don't have a choice, right? You know, what are they looking to accomplish? I think agents are going to have to even get into better relationships with homeowners than they, and buyers than they have, you know, in the last two years and really truly find out why are you buying? Why are you selling and coming up with a strategic plan? I like it. How about you, Jay? Uh, I think agents are going to need products like our cash offer mm-hmm. plus, um, and they need, you know, uh, very creative, uh, offerings to give to their clients and, and to, to bring up, you know, stuff like that and ha- have those conversations with, um, with their clients. Um, you know, they, if, if someone has to move quick, you gotta have an option for them, right? Having That's what one, I, I read this the other day, having one option is no longer an option. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, I love it. That's a good point because we knew the tide was going to change at some point. Yeah. You know, 
the cash offer was has always been valuable, but not when you know you can know statistically your house is going to sell for way above market value. Even and, then, and, and they're taking them. I, I get that. <laughs> Certainty and convenience. But, but look at the difference now in the last yeah, 45 right. days. You know, it, it, the cash offer is going to become more important, not necessarily due to the fact that they're going to take it more, even though we think they will. They will. Well, Just like what Kayla said, you know, giving them all their options, all their unique selling solutions. That way they're like, oh, cool. Now I have a clear path. I know which one's the best to take for me. Yeah, for me, mine is, I, I, I think, uh, everything that you guys just said. However, I think it's also packaging it correctly, right? Like, it's funny how when we have um, so much demand, a lot of the models kind of get thrown out the window because you become very react and it's just, you know, we almost go into this order taker type mentality in the industry where I think that's why there's been a lot of successful brokerages that have built very, very successful brokerages because they've given agents an entrepreneurial mind models to operate off of. And I think that if we can do that, where especially in this modern era, right, the power of applications, cell phones, computers, et cetera, we can streamline the process. And I think that's where that's a digital interface and giving that homeowner, home buyer, a more certain and convenient experience, mm. all communicated in real time, is gonna carry a crap ton of power, right? And then going back to your point, Kayla, a, a little bit ago, where the whole goal is to communicate this value menu of options uh, for people that know you, like you, and trust you. And if you can do that by opening up the barrier of entry with a, with a unique selling proposition, game set and match for you, right? That's, that's the, that's the own, you know, be the mayor of your town, be your digital mayor. Well, which leads kind of to the other thing that I think is it's going to take is I think that the agent that can really make a lot of good content mm. and can really, you know, really grow their audiences on whatever, whatever platform that they're using, I think that's going to be the agent that wins. Yeah, that's right. And so like making sense out of all of this stuff that's happening and <clears throat> bringing that to their marketplace. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keith, so, you got, Keith, you got something on the on yeah. the paper over there. Is that mm. is that a bunch of cash we, offer plus has been accepted? We have there. Wait, tell us about this because I it's I'm, secret. I'm like no waiting. Know. I'm looking at it. I'm like, it looks cool. No, so you know we wanted to. One of my goals is to give more shout outs, get people motivated, excited. So for those of you who happen to be Zudelio members, maybe you're going to be on this list right now if you happen to be listening. And if not, then you know. Let's get you on this list. We're closing a lot of deals right now. If you don't happen to be a Zudelio member, hopefully this kind of gets your blood flowing like, hmm, I want to be a part of this. And then <laughs> maybe next time you'll be on the list. Is this That's like right. the last week? So yeah, this is this is probably within last week, maybe week and a half. And a week, week and a half. Yeah. Okay. And there that's a be, lot of deals that there, we're doing. There, there's a couple that's happened in the last couple of days that, you know, I might not have added to this. So. Here's the list. These are just shout outs to some of our Zudelio members. Yay. <laughs> and, and by state, that way you can see this is not just happening in our home base in Gilbert, Arizona. It's happening all across the country. This is, this is an accumulation of all cash offers and or our cash plus offers that have been accepted very recently. So I'm just gonna name them real quick. Tina Rogers, Arizona, Robert McCauley, Colorado, Carol Royce team, Arizona, Elizabeth White, Missouri, Crystal Aguilar, Arizona, Sharad Gupta, California, Kiyoshi um, Nadrog, if I pronounce that, uh, hopefully I pronounce that properly, Sorry, California, um, Jeff McGay, Colorado, 
Dalen Palmer, Texas, Caitlin Meck, Florida, Joshua Smith, Oregon, and Jacob um, uh, Gina, I believe how you pronounce that, in Oregon as well. So I just thought that was really neat to share, you know, just some of the success stories and, and acceptances that we're getting, you know, that these agents are having these unique conversations with home sellers. They're seeing the value proposition. And, and the, the home sellers are saying yes. Yes, guaranteed you know, a certainty of sale and ease of transaction. And with the cash offer plus, they don't have to worry about giving up equity and they still get the benefit of the open market. So we're seeing that be extra powerful as the market is shifting a little bit where hopefully agents are having, uh, you know, transparent and upfront conversations with their sell and say, hey, you know what? Statistically, you know, I don't know if we'll be able to sell this over the weekend like we could five months ago. So here's what that looks like. And here's an additional option for you if you don't want to possibly deal with that circumstance. Yeah, I love it, Keith. So, hey, I know that we're kind of running long, but I think it would be really helpful because we are seeing our cash plus offer being accepted at really high rates. Can you kind of break down the offer mm. for everybody? Just yeah. give us an overview <coughs> of what that offer structure is. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. It's all based on, you know, fair market value of what's currently going on in the market of today. So, you know, they don't have to worry about getting a quote unquote low ball offer. That's the very straight, unique part about our offer. Then the second part is there's just a simple service fee and that is a 6% service fee. That's the fee that the buyer charges for the cash offer. And what that also does is cover a lot of costs when the property is resold. Once the buyer closes on the transaction, they physically take title, they're gonna cover the HOA, the property taxes, the utilities, the property insurance, the maintenance of the property that no longer becomes an expense of the previous seller why the house is being resold. So that's what that service fee, you know, covers a lot of those costs. Then the property has to be resold and then there's what's called a 6% resale fee. So a homeowner's gonna pay anywhere between a four to 6% commission anyway. So it's almost like that's that a given, through. right? Like it's that, that, to me, that's not even an expense in the offer. They're gonna be paying that. So that 6% resale fee covers the commissions and some of the projected cover, uh, covering some of those projected closing costs when the property's resold because the seller is getting the benefit of the open market. Right. Meaning if it sells for, they get those proceeds. The buyer's not going to take those proceeds. Then the last part of the offer structure is we have a risk assessment. We call that a seller holdback. What that is, is it's just a portion of the seller's available equity that's going to be withheld on the first closing as a security instrument. In the event that the property does not sell for what it was purchased for, then of course the buyer is not at immediate loss since they're taking on that risk. If the property happens to sell for less, let's just say $10,000, that's deducted off, of, that's deducted out of that seller holdback and everything else is returned to the homeowner. No different than if the property was listed on the market at 500,000, it sold for 490. That would have been $10,000 the seller wouldn't have realized anyway in the exact same circumstance yep. listing on the open market. So that's the way that, you know, the, the sellers and homeowners, uh, I'm sorry, agents need to think about that. But here's the beauty about the offer. We're still seeing properties sell, you know, at list price, making sure that we're as, you know, the buying, uh, the buyer that we're working with is going in eyes wide open to the transaction. Hey, let's make sure this thing isn't overpriced so we don't chase the market. We have a much better, smoother experience. 
So if it sells for exactly what it was purchased for, that holdback is completely returned to them. But then the beauty of it, if it sells for more, they get the additional proceeds and the benefit of the open market. I know it could probably Which is going, huge, going huge down some little nuts Beautiful. and bolts, but I, you know, I thought that was uh, give you a very high level overview and you know breakdown on what that would look like. And agents are loving it. Clients are loving it. They're 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 accepting them, and um, they're able to move right away. Yep. Able to move on to the next house quickly. Their timeline, and, and they don't lose a bunch of their equity. Um, they can still they they maximize can still the market. All the uh, the open market um, advantages. Yep. Yep. Well, you Love can it. tell we're all very passionate about the not only the cash plus offer but everything that we do here at Zudelio. We want to thank you so much Zudelio for listening family. and make sure you tune in next week. Thank you. Yeah. See you guys. Peace out, guys.